so high right now. Anything's possible. Oh my mama! Oh my mama made it, ma! Anything's possible! Rain and Jay's back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This the truth like 34. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. I want to thank you for making the show part of your daily routine. If you're listening to the podcast on your headphones as you do other things or watching the show on YouTube, really do appreciate you having me as part of your routine. When it comes to the Boston Celtics, I'm John Corrales. I cover the team for the Boston Sports Journal. I've written this book here that I'm holding up on YouTube, Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, which you can get on my website, johncorrales.com, for $30 if you want a signed copy personalized for you. Please pick one up or just buy it wherever you buy your books. Coming up on today's show, Mass Live beat writer Suichi Tirada from Las Vegas on the Celtics talking Summer League with somebody who's there. I did not go to Summer League this year, obviously, but um, going to talk to him a little bit about what he's been seeing out there. This show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So Suichi's the new beat writer at Mass Live, joining Brian Robb over there, does great work for Mass Live and is in Las Vegas. We've been talking about Summer League here. I've been talking about Summer League to you. So let's get someone's perspective who was there and bring in Suichi Tirada. All right, Suichi, first of all, uh, welcome to the Celtics beat. I know it's like kind of a delayed (laughs) welcome, but uh, you kind of slid in at the end of the pandemic, uh, kind of a weird start, but uh, welcome aboard. Welcome to uh, the beat. Uh, How's Mass Live treating you? It's not a loaded question. You can be honest. (laughs) Thank you. Good to be here on the Celtics beat on the podcast in Vegas, a lot, a lot of places to be at. Mass Live is good though. It's I've, I think I've been there for like six months now, which is kind of crazy oh, wow, just right? because, like you said, like a pandemic. Like I pretty much consider it like a season zero, you know, jumping on in the middle of the pandemic. Like you can't <laughs> consider that a season one. So it's uh, it's been hectic. Mass Live's been good. Send me to Vegas, so I have uh, no complaints. Yeah, no, it's good. They're they're great over there at Mass Live. So, yeah. uh, so everybody. Make sure you're checking out Suichi's coverage. So you're in Vegas. You've been watching this summer league. Uh, initial impressions. Yeah, let, let's just start at the top. We saw Aaron Neesmith just blow up in, in game two here. What's what's your initial impression? What have you seen from him? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good thing, I think, that they blew out uh, Denver, first and foremost, just because they have their starting lineup as a guy with NBA experience. I think if they didn't, you know, he, he kind of uh, – you kind of be like, oh, what's going on here? But yeah, I mean, Neesmith had a great game. It was weird, you know. It, it obviously it was kind of a hectic time for Celtics fans and the beat just because of Schroeder, and then we got Ime at halftime, so it was kind of a weird game. But every time I looked up, it seemed like Aaron was hitting a three pointer, and the numbers kind of backed that up. Uh, it was funny too. I think Birab was sitting next to me, and we were paying attention to the game, watching it. But obviously, uh, he looks up and he's like, "Is that right? Payton has twelve assists," and we we're like, "Yeah, yeah, Payton has twelve <laughs> assists. Aaron has thirty one points. He's made a bunch of three pointers. Romeo had that crazy dunk." So you know. It is summer league. I think it's always good to temper expectations, but but I think you see 
things like making three-pointers in clutch time like Romeo did against uh, in game one against Atlanta. You, I think you see those things and you, and you feel a little bit good that they can contribute uh, going into next year, which uh, looks like the Celtics uh, will probably need. Yeah, like it's kind of fun to see these guys. You know, you're you're there. I've mean, I've been to to plenty. I'm, I I skipped this one, but um, the 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 vibe inside these arenas is is kind of interesting <laughs> to me. You've got this this crowd that's kind of in and out, and you know, people coming in. Maybe some fans of specific teams, but kind of just kind of an in and out crowd. And and the guys on the on the on the roster are some are just not going to be there forever. You don't know what that mix is going to be like. So what have you seen from these guys just on the sidelines, you know, in the practice that you got to see, what are you seeing from these guys? Just general vibes. Like, I think for the returners, it seems like they're pretty comfortable just in that knowing kind of where they're at, you know, uh, especially for guys like Carson Edwards and Romeo Langford, they've been in the NBA for a couple of years already. You know, I know, I know Romeo's is kind of a strange situation with 50 games in two years, but I think there's there's maybe a level, level of comfort. I think there's a level of intrigue with uh, Duhan Begaran. I think that's how you said, I hope so. Mm-hmm. And, and Yamadar and everything. And I think, and I think, you know, the one guy who I really was impressed by was Bruno last night uh, on the Romeo dunk. Just, you know, we talked to him a little bit after the game and then, I put this in the lead of my story on him. Like he talks crazy. That's what he says. And you can kind of feel that energy coming from him, which is, uh, I think is a great sign just because he was at practice, I believe on Tuesday and we saw him and, and he, you know, he just, he's hasn't really met any of these guys. I think he knew like a couple of guys from his big 10 playing days in Maryland, but otherwise like it's mostly strangers, but he was like getting pretty hype with them. Like we don't know what his roster situation is going to be like, especially as center. Uh, you know, after the Ennis Cantor, Cantor signing, but he he seemed very excited to be there. He had a great quote about, you know, you only have so many opportunities to play basketball. You take them every chance that you can get. And uh, I think that's like just a good high energy guy to have in summer league and potentially the season, uh, depending how, you know, obviously Brad Stevens shapes the roster. Bruno with also an all-time reaction to that dunk. I don't <laughs> know if you guys could tell from mm-hmm. the arena, but the the reaction when he turned after that dunk was just spectacular one of the moments of the uh of the summer league uh what, okay what what was what did it look like in the arena on that dunk on, on that dunk you know what it, it was crazy I, I don't know if you remember but Neesmith had like a similar kind of like he wanted to go for the poster at the end of the first quarter but he missed it yes. so my initial reaction to the Romeo dunk was like oh man we're going to get two missed dunks in a row cuz it was just like I just, I just didn't know like Romeo had hops like that. So I was like, okay. But as as he rose up, though, it was crazy. Um, I think B Rob was actually looking down at that moment. So I just, I just go, whoa! I was like, oh my god! You know? <laughs> like no cheering on the press row, but when I see something cool, I will give it like the necessary yeah, oh, reaction. And I was like, yo! <laughs> I, I was like, B Rob, check the timeline in like thirty seconds. Someone's gonna have to replay on that. And it was just like it was a lot of a lot of Celtics fans got hyped. It was it was pretty cool to see. Um, Corrales, to your point, like it was, you know, summer league is weird. You don't get a lot of fans, but there were, you know, a spattering of how, you know, Denver and Boston fans or a lot of Detroit and Houston fans just because, you know, the second game was a uh, number one versus number two pick. Um, but the, the crowd got pretty into it, which was pretty cool. But my initial reaction was like, oh man, he's going to miss another one. And Neesmith Smith and Langford aren't going to feel good. But no, he, he, uh, he delivered there. And it was, uh, I think that was one of the, you know, I think that was like probably one of the best plays of summer league so far. Oh, I can't imagine one that was better. Uh, but they, you're right, though. There was a point where he goes up, and you're like, if you could <laughs> slow it down, 
mm-hmm. and get the the breakdown. I don't know if people watch the John Boy baseball breakdowns uh, <laughs> that he does, which are hilarious. Mm-hmm. But like, if you could s- slow it down, there's a point there where he cocks it back, and you're like, he's not high enough for this. What yeah, are you doing? Yeah. Like you went up with two, yeah. He went up with two feet too, right? So I was like, "Uh, I don't know how I feel about this, but no." Nah, yeah, nah, and then all there. of a sudden, boom! He got them long arms, reached through, and boom! I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> hello!" Not something we normally see from Romeo. Much more with Suichi Tirada, including a conversation about Romeo Langford and his time over there in Las Vegas. That's coming up after I tell you about Sweat Block. Now. There are a few things in life that are kind of embarrassing to talk about. People don't like it, but it's okay to discuss it if you are dealing with something like excessive sweating. Now, some people, it happens to them when you're talking in public, when, you know, in situations where you'd really prefer it not to happen. And for a lot of people, they think, well, there's nothing I can do but wear an extra undershirt or wear something that can kind of hide that. But that makes your stuff bulky and it it really, it can mess with your confidence. It gets into your head. Now you can use sweat block antiperspirant wipes. It is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before you go to bed. The next morning when you wake up, you wash and then you go about your day without worrying about sweat. Sounds too good to be true, but People have used sweat block. You use once, use it once, and they've been good for a week. There have been people who have used it and been sweat-free for days. No more embarrassing pit stains or anything like that. No more picking out shirts based on what will hide your sweat. Use sweat block once. Follow those directions. Use it at night. Wake up in the morning, wash it off. Boom, you are good. Now, if you know somebody who's been dealing with this, if you're dealing this with this by yourself, you can go ahead and try Sweatblock with a 20% off offer at sweatblock.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, 20% off to try it. There's a really good chance that this could be the thing that you've been looking for. You can buy it at sweatblock.com, get 20% off with the promo code LOCKEDON, or you can get it at Amazon and CVS. Today's show is also brought to you by Rock Auto. Now, I've been telling you about Rock Auto for a while. I I know people who've been saving hundreds of dollars going to Rock Auto for everything that they need for their cars, their trucks. It's all right there on a very easy-to-use site, very easy-to-navigate catalog, and it's run by people who've been doing this for 20-plus years, treating people right when they need to get something, no matter how complicated or how simple It is. Do you know what's going on when you pop your hood? Can you go through your engine and figure out what's going wrong? Great. You can go to rockauto.com and save a lot on some very expensive parts. Are you somebody like me that will you just, I know how to pull wipers on. I know how to change the headlights. I know how to get new floor hats. Then you can go to rockauto.com and save yourself plenty of money that way as well. It doesn't matter whether you're a pro or do it yourself or it doesn't matter what level You can just go to rockauto.com and save a ton. No promo code necessary. The only thing you need to do is write locked on in their how did you hear about us box. That's the only way they know that we sent you. So when you check out, you'll see a how did you hear about us box. Write locked on in there and then they'll know that you came over from us. 
the Locked On Podcast Network. It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. The Romeo Langford experience is kind of interesting here. You're from an outside perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we we were here for draft night. We were here for him coming in, and you know the the disappointments over and over again of. You, you know, he, oh, he sprained his ankle. Oh, he, you know, fell again. He sprained that ankle again. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's, you know, got this thing. He's got that thing. And to constantly have those, those injuries, I'm kind of rooting for him mm-hmm. just because I just want, I, all I'm rooting for is to have that real opportunity. But I don't know if he looks the same out there, if I'm projecting or if I'm seeing something on the, on, on the screen that's not there through the TV, he's sort of, to me, just existing for most of the games. And he's not mm-hmm. like, I don't see him as a fluid kind of participant in, in, in the offense. I, I don't know. Are, are you, what are you seeing from him? I, I think you're seeing someone, I think that's a good way to put it. I think it's just that like, he's not, you know, besides the dunk, he doesn't make like a ton of like, I feel like, a ton of flashy plays, so it's not like he's like out there as much. I also think that you know I've been kind of joking with B Rob about it actually, but he got he got a new haircut and he got a new number. So I was like, maybe Roman is a new person now. So um, I think that's part of it. Um, he talked a lot about just like being able to work on his shooting, and obviously we saw that game winner against Atlanta. But that's an interesting observation. I, I haven't quite noticed it like that. I think I might like you know look at it a little bit more at tomorrow's game against uh, Orlando. But yeah, I think uh, I think it's a new Romeo at least. Um, I know B-Rob talked to him for his Q&A. There, there seemed to be kind of like maybe a little bit more of an air of confidence, I guess, is, is mm-hmm. maybe a good way to put it, a, a way of just like reinventing himself. Um, I keep joking about it, but honestly, that might be the case. So it's uh, obviously a crucial year. I mean, the injuries suck. I think I no, I went to Michigan State, so I actually watched him in Indiana. And I remember like the few games I watched him, the commentators are constantly like, yeah, this guy's dealing with this injury and this injury. And so I come here and they're like, he's dealing with this thing and this thing. And I'm like, yeah, I heard that back in college too. So it's just... One of those tough things, I think, for, you know, some, you know, this 20, 21 year old kid. Yeah. I, I just wonder, look, I, I know all about dealing with injuries. <laughs> if any of my <laughs> former teammates are listening here and some of them do, they know for sure, like, oh yeah, John knows injuries. Um, and, and sometimes you try to work through one and that leads to another and that leads to another and for for Romeo, he's just had such bad luck, like falling and and having that wrist injury that needed surgery, and it happened to be on his shooting hand. Like of all things, his shooting <laughs> hand, that the <laughs> one thing that you need for mm-hmm. Romeo Langford to to try to work on stuff. But I don't know. I like I like your point about reinvention, a reinvention of Romeo Langford, the, the the new hair, the new number. I didn't really quite put it like like that. I mean, I, and I hate to put it this way, but like I've had. You know, girlfriends that you know you're not feeling oh. right. You want to have like a a different. You you kind of want to cleanse yourself of some things that, that that are bad. You get a new hairdo. Like that's something that they've done. And so yeah, yeah for th- that doesn't apply to just one gender. You could do it. Different. <laughs> I can do it too. Be like, hey, I, well, I can't do it, 
but most <laughs> of the other guys can. And it'd be like, hey, I want to go from this look to that look. Maybe I want to be a blonde. Maybe I want to be a, you know, maybe I do want to shave my head. So having a new number and a new, you know, a new look can be the beginning of a new Romeo. The problem is, Suichi, that Romeo's attitude, like not, not attitude, his personality is so chill that I don't know that he can be anything <laughs> yeah. but extraordinarily chill. Like there's no mm-hmm. changing that. It's like repackaging the same thing. It's not like he can be intense now. It's not like he can be happy-go-lucky. He's yeah. he's just going to be like some dude who has smoked three joints that day. Like that's his personality. He's just going to be like a chill guy. I'm not saying that he does. And if he does, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, so you don't uh, like that's me, his attitude, right? He's just kind of like a chill guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, I, I I don't think that's too bad. I I see. I feel like we've seen like professional athletes who are like super chill. Like, I mean, you look at Kawhi; he doesn't get too hype or anything. I don't think totally. it's like a bad thing. So yeah, I mean, that's a great point though in terms of just being chill. At the same time, though, I, I you know, you John, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like I feel like that can also be a strength in the sense that you don't get too high or too low. I, I haven't seen anything or heard anything about Romeo getting like that, I guess. I could be wrong. You know, I haven't been covering him his whole pro career. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's just one of those things that I think it's just personality. I mean, he, he uh, you know, he looked pretty happy on that dunk yesterday. So, hopefully, he can tell more of that energy. <laughs> I would say so, man. If you can't get hyped after that dunk, then you never will. <laughs> now, but, yeah, like, th- that's and, – and this is this is the interesting dichotomy of sports, sports fandom, covering sports – you're right. You're hundred percent right. That attitude serves him well, like over an 82 game schedule, you know, screwing up, you know, if you can really have a chill attitude and just put it behind you and that, like you said, not too high, not too low. The, you know, that mantra in the NBA is absolutely necessary, but you know, fans want to see a little hype. They want to see a little <laughs> fire. They want to see somebody, <laughs> fist pump and you know scream and you know kg it up a little bit sometimes not, and i'm not saying that that's going to hold him back it's not going to hold him back because you can be like you said an intense competitor while keeping that steely kind of but but here's the thing it's not steely it's just chill it's not like intense it's not like it's not like that that squint that quiet you know bouncer squint that you're like oh i'm not going to mess with this dude he's just like <laughs> I, I I feel like I feel like um I feel like Romeo's life mantra would be like, yeah, whatever. You know? Just yeah. Move on to the next thing. You know, now that now that you mentioned that, I think I remember I asked Romeo at one of the pre-summer league availabilities. I was like, hey man, is, is your like how does this like impact your mental health in the terms of like all these injuries and is there like frustration in that? I was like, is this mentally like freeing that you're like finally healthy and you can do stuff? And he, his answer I was kind of like not like surprised by, it, but I was kind of intrigued. I was a little bit like he was, he, I think he, I think he said something like, yeah, you know, not really, you know, it's just kind of like, I can finally work on things. Like, I don't think like, I'm sure there was like frustrations from the injuries, but it kind of, it kind of gave me the vibe that like, he, he wasn't like too like down or anything about it. Like he was just like, kinda, it was just something that happened. Obviously it sucks, but he's going to deal with it in a lot of ways. And and I think that's another positive thing too, in the sense that you don't get too low when, when you're going through, you know, COVID right after your, your, your US is finally good. You get COVID and then all these frustrations, but it's, it seems like Romeo is just kind of like, okay, well, you know, that sucks, yeah. but you know, 
I don't want to put words in his mouth, but that's kind of the vibe I got for him. No, totally. And, and this is this is what makes Romeo so interesting because I, I will freely admit I'm not in that not too high, not too low mode. <laughs> I get too high. I get too mm-hmm. low. Not to a, a manic level, but I freely admit that's one of the hardest things when I was playing. It was one of the hardest things for me to do. You know, you can't when you and when you carry that screwing up thing to the next the next thing, then you really start to feel that. I carry it now, man. Like I, I I'll write something and and maybe maybe I made a, maybe had a bad take or something like that. And like the next three things I write, I'm just like, oh God, please don't, please don't. <laughs> you know? And so I I envy Romeo in a lot of ways for being that chill. I can't imagine being that chill it's it's an interesting it's an interesting kind of personality to have for a professional athlete because no one has ever accused him of not putting in the work it's not a laziness kind of attitude it's just kind of like a a chill thing so um i i personally i would like to see aaron maybe get one more game pritchard pritchard one more i guess because pritchard's been awesome Get Romeo in there. I'd like to see more Romeo just on his own without those guys. And let, let's see him just tell him, like, take over. We want to see you take over a quarter. See What can you do? Carry us. Put him in lineups where everyone else is, a, like, a poor shooter or something. And be like, have Romeo look around and be like, oh, oh, I got to do this now? Go back to Indiana. I got to do it. All right. Let me, let me do it. I want to see him do that more because I've seen everything I need to see from Pritchard. Like chill out. If anybody needs to chill, it's Pritchard. Relax. Enjoy. <laughs> you know, going to come back to wrap up the show with Suichi Tarada in just a moment. First, I got to tell you about bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You want to bet on summer league? Fine. Go for it. It's there. You want to bet on the WNBA? You want to bet on baseball? It's all right there. International sports. Go to Bet Online, create your username, create your password, create your profile, then use the promo code Locked On. That is going to get you a 50% welcome bonus when you make your first deposit after you sign up. So you do all of that stuff, deposit $200, you'll get a $100 welcome bonus with that promo code Locked On. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the game at Bet Online. Use that promo code Locked On. They are your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. What are you hearing? Do you, have you heard anything practice-wise or anything from, from the team that has you know given you any sort of hints as to how much any of these guys are going to play or, or are we going to see all of these guys play all of these games? Uh, no, not too much. Um, in terms of practice, though, one thing I was mildly intrigued by was uh, Missoula was talking about how Yam was having like some troubles last week. And I think that that was kind of reflected in uh, the quotes that you heard from like Romeo and Payton where they were like, yeah, you know, he, he's working. But there wasn't anything like, yeah, this guy, you know, came from yeah. Israel, just like started like. 
taking knees and all these things and all that and all <laughs> right. those kinds of things. So I, I think that kind of tempered expectations. Obviously, he didn't have necessarily – he wasn't as flashy the second game as he was the first. But in, in sure. terms of the other guys, I think, you know, I think they're kind – of, I was actually a little surprised they played um, a little more than I thought uh, yesterday on Tuesday just because of, uh, you know, just how game one went and they played a lot. Um, obviously, didn't play the end of the game just because it was a blowout. But, uh, you know, like you said, John, I, I think they played like maybe one game. Um, I and, You know – I I'm, I was really curious coming into this personally, just like Romeo at point guard. Like we heard a little bit about that, like from Brad last season, and and it seemed like going into summer league, like Missoula and Romeo was really working on that. I don't think we've seen that. Like we've seen that a little bit, but I I, I was kind of surprised. Like oh, maybe we won't see it as much. But part of that was I guess paid and getting the ball a little bit more. So I think that's sure. something I'm I'm personally keeping my eye on uh, the couple the next couple of games if he does play in uh, in, in a what role too. Yeah, they they did do a little of Romeo at point guard in this last game. I didn't like it. I, I just I just don't think he's comfortable as the point guard mm-hmm. necessarily. But we'll see. Like that's what summer league is for, right? Do things that you're uncomfortable doing. The Yamadar stuff is super interesting because somebody asked Peyton about Yam uh, before in the in, before mm-hmm. they were uh, coming out, and I thought it was funny. Like Peyton's like, yeah, he's okay. Um, because what's he going to do? Like Yom's competing for his job. Like yeah, if Yom yeah. comes in and is like, great. Like Pritchard has got to split minutes. And he's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Um, but obviously Yom is, is a huge storyline here. Like people are, hmm. people have been like waiting after that first game, my God, the comments and under the, the YouTube video of the, after that first game were hmm. like, I, I, I said, I, it was good, but it, it wasn't enough to convince me to keep hmm. him. And and that's where I still am. We'll see what happens after these next few games. But people after that first game were like, what? That's not fair. And so on and so forth. And then after the second game, it just all kind of quieted down. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't blame fans. I, I think, you know, course. whenever you get a guy from overseas, you haven't watched him play. You, you've seen all the track record with the Spurs and their international players. And you got Ime and you're like, you know, it's very easy to make that connection. I think, I think with Yam, it's it's a good thing just to temper expectations because he's still so young. And I mean, I know all these guys are young, but I I, I want to say he doesn't turn twenty one until like December. Like he he still got a lot to work on. I think you know, and and the thing about game one was that yeah, he had that great start, but he didn't really play that much the second half. I feel like I think he finished with like eighteen minutes off the top of my head. And obviously, mm-hmm. he did some good things. I think you tweeted out like I I thought you put it out well. Like he like was like very disruptive on defense. Like he was getting his hands on the ball i don't think he ended up getting like a sports like two jump balls or something so you you saw yeah. that and, and and you know the biggest thing i think about yam that was like i remember i rolled up the game one you know you're i'm like very jet lag i'm you know like i got in at like 2 a.m west coast time so like 5 a.m back home and i had a game to cover the next day so i was pretty tired but i look out onto the court and i was like wow yam yam looks like like really small compared to some of these guys and yeah i think that's just like part of the development honestly because like you look at uh juhan and he like he's big like he he looks like an nba athlete and that you look at yam big. and not to take anything away from him i think he's very talented but it's just like I, I still think he needs to put you know maybe a little bit more weight uh just just to kind of look the part more uh and, and that's kind of the development aspect of it too i think you know even if he doesn't necessarily come this you know i know his plan is to play this season we'll see on that obviously with the Schroeder signing you know kind of puts things into this area a little bit but i think you know just small things like that really really go a long distance for an 82 game season yeah i mean it, it, we'll see what happens i thought i thought in the second game it was very much highlighted 
how much he, and this is why I asked, um, why I asked Joe Mazzula about specifically about Yam's defense, because you can see he's, he's picking up full court and he's reaching. And then next thing you know, the guy blows <laughs> by him or not, you know, it gets by him and it's, it's a scramble to get back or you've got to switch mm-hmm. and I've got to, you know, stuff like that. Very, very fixable. Uh, adding some weight, very easy to do. Mm-hmm. Giving him one more year overseas where he's not under contract. Uh, very advantageous for the Boston Celtics. Like, mm-hmm. here's your pile of homework. Nice manila folder. Here you go. Go do all of these things in Israel and then come back. And we'll get mm-hmm. you into summer league next year and we'll kind of see where you are and probably bring bring you on. Because and and obviously the Schroeder signing eliminates a huge opportunity for Yam. So they're they're going to play Marcus Smart. That's mm-hmm. been determined. They're going to play Dennis Schroeder. He didn't sign here not to play. Peyton Pritchard <laughs> looks amazing in summer league. Like he very mm-hmm. clearly is shoulder head and shoulders above you know a lot of other guards here in summer league. Where is Yamadar going to get those minutes? So mm-hmm. he's not going to come over to play in the G League. He's going to come over to contribute to the Celtics. So I, I think yeah. uh, unless these next few games, he just turns into a god, which, hey, <laughs> who knows? Um, I, I, I think he has an uphill battle. And uh, I'm, 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 I am going to be very curious to see how his relationships with the guys – Look, I mean, you've seen him on the bench. You know, have you noticed any sort of interactions? What what, what what's he look like interacting with these guys? I mean, he is trying to take some of their jobs. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. I actually asked him. I remember I was like, "Hey, what's it like with Peyton?" And he kind of gave you know a pretty boilerplate answer. He's like, "Yeah, he's great." Blah blah blah. I don't know exactly. You know, don't don't read too much into that. Obviously, that was just an interview on you know after practice or whatever it was. But um, in, in terms of just interactions, I think I think he's. You know, I think he's fine. Like, I, I don't think anything's just, like, really, like, stuck out to me or anything. I mm. also think one thing to, like, kind of consider is that, like, I remember after the first press conference, uh, John, I don't think you heard it because it was after the Zooms, but he was like, yeah, sorry, my English kind of sucks. I got to work on it. I'm like, nah, man, you're good. But I think there, that's that's just something to keep in mind. You know, like, it's not necessarily very easy. And, and I guess, like, you know, there is a little bit of a language barrier, I would say, in terms of just, like, maybe, like, social cues or something like that, just because, like, you know, speaking a second language, it's just how it is. So I don't know how, how that affects anything, uh, per, you know, in terms of relationships, but I also think it's something kind of like, okay, yeah, like, you know, he's still working on his second, you know, like, he's still working on a second language, like he said so, he's getting better at it, just speaking it every day, and that's what he told me, too, in the interview. So, mm-hmm. but in, in terms of interacting with, like, teammates and stuff, I think, you know, I, I don't know, like, it's on the bench at Summer League, like, <laughs> it, it, it's just one of those things that's just kind of like, oh, you know, hopefully, you know, it's, there's nothing too much to read into it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen anything. Everybody seems to get along pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, you're always looking for these little things. You don't, you just don't know. You don't know what, what one guy's thinking, what one guy, another guy's thinking. So, um, but, hey, look, I think, I think, I think Yam's got talent. I think he's going to be a member of the Boston Celtics at some point soon. It's just probably not going to be this season, which is fine. I know people might be excited for him, but it's fine. Uh, what I, One thing that I love about Summer League is sometimes not even watching necessarily the game, but what's going on around the team in the stands. Like I've, I remember spending one Summer League game watching Brad Stevens. This was probably three years ago, four years ago. Uh, 
sitting by himself diagonally across from the from the Celtics bench and the game was going on I missed 10 minutes of the game easily just watching Brad and people just come up <laughs> and you tap them on the shoulder or say hi and all of those interactions have you seen anything kind of interesting going on in the stands I know Brad's there uh mm-hmm. did I see him sitting with Danny Ainge yeah yeah Danny was there Ime was there uh I think actually it went like Danny Brad's son, Brad, then Ime. I think it was like that order on like courtside yeah. for game two. Um, I think Brad was sitting like way up in the bleachers actually for game one. I want to say, I think like B-Rob or someone sniped him from, from the stands or something. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, you see a lot of that, you know, it's, it's, it's I think courtside is kind of fun because you see, you see Danny Ainge, you see Brad, you see Ime. I think I, I caught a few of the assistants. Uh, I want to say Will Hardy and Ben Sullivan were both there. Um, mm-hmm. A few, a few, a uh, few seats away from them. You see Grant Williams, uh, uh, and ben, and I think Jalen was there too. So yeah. there was like quite a big like Celtics contingent out here. And I mean, you know, I I think that, that's how it is for every team. I want to say like John Morant maybe was like sitting behind like the media section yesterday. I wasn't sure yeah. if that was him. I was like, is that John? Why is he sitting next to the media section? So it was just like <laughs> I was like, these aren't good seats. You should go like courtside or something, man. Um, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> those interactions are cool too. <laughs> go get a good seat, bud. Um, my I love this because this is such. It's such an easy gimme for public relations for players because you get to go to Vegas, you get to go party, you get to do all the fun things. All you got to do is go show up for a couple of games and it's, whoa, man, Jalen Brown, look at him in Vegas supporting the team. (laughs) And A couple of cutaways, a couple of pictures. Shows up at a practice to do some shooting, which is great. He's getting his work in. Mm-hmm. Like that's he's actually doing what an NBA player does. But afterwards, he's he is in Las Vegas, certainly partying with other NBA guys, which is <laughs> hilarious to me because a guy like Grant Williams gets dinged for being, you know, showing a picture of himself in Aruba. But mm-hmm. he's probably doing all the same work. Wake up in the morning, do all your work. You can find a weight room in Aruba. You can find a basketball court in Aruba. Do all your stuff, then go to the beach. But mm-hmm. the perception is, oh, he's on a beach in Aruba. He's not working. Jalen <laughs> Brown shows up to Las Vegas, party city, one of America's finest party cities. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of Las Vegas. Is at the is at the game supporting the team? Absolutely, 100% supporting the team. But certainly partying just as much as anybody who's on vacation. <laughs> it's such an easy win for players to be seen courtside and to earn the love of the fans, which good for them. I, I think yeah. good for players for getting those easy wins. I think the NBA does it well. Cause like I kind of view uh summer league is the same as the NFL combine and Indy, but like the combine is like, it's cold in Indy and you're in the Midwest. There's not obviously the players aren't showing up for, you know, sure. All these draft picks are going to take their jobs. It's a little bit different, but like all the execs are there and they're like, obviously as, We've read uh, and heard about the combine and NFL. They pretty much do the same thing in terms of partying. Uh, but I think that the, the NBA does it better though, because like the players can show up, like you said, in Vegas, and it's just like kind of a maybe an easy, easily more accessible location. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think everyone just wins in that scenario: players, execs, agents, scouts. Everyone wins. It's, everybody it's, wins, and everybody's you know, in Vegas no now. Under wins. normal circumstances, <laughs> they do the Team USA mini camp after summer league. So not only mm-hmm. do you have the, the guys who want to come in, they have the NBA uh, PA events there in Vegas. Like it becomes NBA central. Everybody's in Vegas for something. So normally the, the big wigs, like the LeBrons come in for team USA. You come in a few days early, you get, you get some partying di- done. You, you go sit at 
a Lakers game, you know, like a couple, a couple years ago, you, you see them courtside watching Lonzo. And mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> so it's a good time, man. I will, I will leave this. Um, how many, first of all, how many summer leagues have you covered? This is my first one. I've oh, never been to Vegas, Vegas, actually. First Vegas this experience. Is, this is, I'm going to go old man on you. <laughs> uh, I, I can't even remember how many years ago it was, probably six, five or six years ago, before all 30 teams got there. It was like a 14 team, 16 team mm-hmm. summer league. You still had the Orlando Summer League going on. Yeah. Salt Lake still goes on in Salt Lake, but it was a little bit bigger. They had other options. So not every team, teams used to be able to pick. We're going to go to Orlando. We're going to go to Vegas. We're, some teams did both, but it was usually a split. I love the Orlando Summer League, by the way. No fans. It was in their practice gym. It was very elbow to elbow. You like walk by. Larry Bird's walking by. Kevin McHale's walking by. It's all like <laughs> super, super close. But the old Vegas Summer League, before it became 30 teams, the games would be done by five or six. You'd go home. Mm-hmm. You I mean, you'd go back to your hotel room. Do the podcast after after the games, uh, crack a few beers, take your shower, and head back out. And all of the executives and the agents and everything that are all kind of hang because eight nine o'clock, everybody's done. That's now you get to go out to these parties and these events mm. and these things. Then you get to talk and schmooze and all of that. Now games are going till what like seven eight o'clock at night. I think even later than that, honestly. Yeah. Like. I think there was a game after Detroit Houston yesterday, and that ended at like eight. There was so, a game after that. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I think it was at like eight p.m. tip, and I'm like, "Whoa, okay." Yeah, that's a lot. I was day. I was out there for the last summer league. They obviously didn't do one last summer, so it was two mm-hmm. summers ago, and they had all thirty teams. And by the time we were done, that was the summer league with the earthquake. By the way, that was the Zion. Oh, okay. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. So I was in <laughs> Thomas and Mac for an earthquake. I was like. I felt like the thing kind of like drop a little bit. I was like, what was that? And I see like the speaker <laughs> swaying and I'm like, get me out of here. I'm done. But Ooh, yeah, that was fun. That. Uh, but, but like I'd be with Tom Westerholm and Tom and I were working for mass live and mm-hmm. you know, we'd get back to our hotel and it'd be, you know, nine, 10 o'clock. And we're like, I don't feel like going out anywhere. Executives are probably tired. Like, you don't have that yeah. same schmoozing opportunity. So uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit different. It's, it's a little bit different. So the good old days. Oh, well, so, <laughs> but Hey, you still get to cover some of the, you get, you're in Vegas. You're being paid to go in Vegas and, and watch basketball. So that's really cool. Uh, charming job. It's a charming job. That's what I tell all my friends. Who I see it's, here. it's something, man. Well, <laughs> again, welcome to the beat. I'm very happy to have you here. Uh, it's Suichi Tarada at Suichi Tarada. You can see the spelling in the descriptions on the <laughs> podcast and you see his name right there on the YouTube. So follow him on Twitter, please. His work's at mass live. Um, very happy to have you on board Suichi, And thank you for joining the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you for listening, watching on YouTube. If that's what you're doing, another summer league game on Thursday. So I will be back to wrap up that. So no mailbag this week, just going to be covering the game and wrapping up the week. It's a Monday through Friday podcast. So if you're new, come on over, subscribe, listen to the show Monday through Friday, make it part of your daily routine on your way to work, on your way home from work, walking the dog, whatever it is, you're generally going to get a 30 minute or so podcast, 40 minute or so podcast. 
and you're going to get that Monday through Friday. If you're new on the YouTube side, click that subscribe button. It's very easy. Then you can get it as soon as I drop it. Before I even tweet it out, you'll know that I've dropped the show and comments, review, all of that stuff. But most importantly, really most importantly, share the podcast. When people ask you what they should be listening to, when people say, hey, I'm so sick of sports talk radio. They don't know what they're talking about when it comes to the Celtics. I'm so sick of the discourse. Tell them, you need to be listening to the Locked On Celtics podcast. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network.